welcome to another video episode of ProJam, the podcast where two sisters and an occasional guest try to develop and pitch a board game concept in under an hour. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. And we're delighted to be joined by our guest, my brilliant friend, Anna. Anna, would you mind telling the listener a little about yourself? Uh, Sure. Um, So I am a PhD student. I do cognitive archaeology. Um, I suppose uh, the kinds of board games that I like are ones that are generally quite simple concept but have a lot of replayability. I don't like it when you have to spend five hours reading the rules. I'm not, I'm not that kind of heavy strategy sort of person. You know, I like things like Ticket to Ride, sort of Azul, Sagrada, a bit of Caverna that gone into recently. Um, I don't know, maybe it's very, very vanilla, non-interesting board games. Um, (laughs) You're like my classic cafe customer. They list those games and I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I am that Let person. me marginally expand your horizons, but not by much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's me. Um, I, I like kind of unexpected games and like Miriam, you've introduced me to some really interesting ones that I've enjoyed. Um, I guess I guess I like uh, sort of uncomplicated deck building ones as well. Um, they're not really board games, but I enjoyed Inscription recently. Oh, Inscription's um, such a good game. It was one of my games so of 2021. I, felt, uh, I, I love felt the like meta I... element. I dropped off a little bit as the game developed, but that first part of it is so good. Like yes, the, the very yeah. first section that you do that sort of in combination with like an escape room. Oh my God. Very good game. Yeah, and it's got that horror element. It's, you know, got that gameplay. You're not quite sure exactly what's going on. You've got like multiple objectives. Um, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, I quite like Slay the Spire as well. That's probably another like good deck builder that um, I like. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, P- perennially name checked on this podcast, Slave Spire. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just a good famous thing. for its having taken probably several days off my lifespan. <laughs> yeah, my Ace. summer was uh, filled with that. Yeah, my my twenty twenty was filled with that. Just losing yeah multiple. I, it's definitely multiple days that I've spent playing it. Hundreds of hours, but. You know, when a game's good, there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly, exactly. And you have brought us our theme for this episode. Uh, ah. So would you like to tell us what you've chosen and why? Sure. So um, my word today is lizard. And um, I've chosen that because I am a reptile owner. I have a tortoise, so I kind of generally think about reptiles quite a lot um and uh I don't know I thought it would be an interesting prompt and uh well recently I was re-watching a bit of Mighty Boosh and I don't know if you know there's an episode where they end up stuck in a tundra and they do like a little tundra wrap about an arctic lizard (laughs) exactly that is exactly the line it was call me tundra boy because I'm like an arctic lizard yeah no we know Anna we know the line Yeah, that's the line. That is the line that this is kind of inspired by. And it was also very cold a few weeks ago. So I was thinking, ah, um, <laughs> it's sort of suitable to the, uh, you know, to the climate. Well, I have realized that um, Lizard is the reason for George's change in color choice for the app, because normally normally we're drawing in the in the same kind of orange and browns that are the, the like corner emblem but you chose green this time and I think it was because of lizard I have been switching up the colors a little bit more episode to episode because for unfinished business I used black and gray 
But yes, I did choose Two Shades of Green this video episode because of Lizard. Mm. Uh, I do not, I do not deny it. I make no claims to the contrary. So, Anna, did you have any sort of particular inspirations or game ideas that came from Lizard? I didn't really have a lot of ideas as to like the specific type of game, um, but there were a few sort of things that Lizard made me think of, um, other than Mighty Boosh and kind of weird fever dreams. But um, <laughs> I suppose linked to that, I was also thinking of like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, yes. Sort of the psychedelic kind of maybe a rock band element I don't know is are there psychedelic mm. lizards are they in a rock band um yeah I feel like isn't um uh Wilson by Fish is like about a whole uh lizard uh monarch or something <laughs> you would be the only person that would know that I think no I know and I know very little but I just feel like that might <laughs> yeah be I think true. you know more than me <laughs> <laughs> Um, Perhaps. there's also, I mean, lizard, lizard monarchs definitely get name checked a lot, not only by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but also Jim Morrison of the Doors was the Lizard King. So, uh, yes, of course. And I hadn't even thought about the lizard people who, you know, yeah, well, let's not get government. too far into that. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely questionable. Um, <laughs> Well, I think there's something about lizards and just kind of leading into the occult or conspiracy theories, you know, I think like, um, I don't know, I was thinking about the lizard cult in Root, um, also potentially the connection that lizards have to kind of alchemy or mythology, you know, like lizard tails as ingredients in like witch mm. potions um, and maybe what do you call it? Like Euroboros, um, oh, the yeah. oh, lizard yeah. eating its tail. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of sort of mythological um, lizards. Um, I'm quite a big fan of fairy tales and I quite like Russian fairy tales. And there is a character in it which is called Zmigarinich, which is basically like a three-headed dragon. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that's kind of something about a bit mythical, a bit occult about lizards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm definitely more comfortable kind of operating in like the mythical and occult space than the conspiracy space, personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's various associations. Um, so the thing when I thought about lizards, I went in a really different direction and I thought about a couple of things. The first thing that I imagined was that it was a specific piece, which was sort of shaped like a lizard and a little bit chunky. And I imagined just lots of them. I just imagined lots and lots of little pieces that kind of look like what I'm drawing now. Like a kind of little gecko or like, um, yeah. Well, yeah, so a gecko is exactly what I was thinking of because the next thought I had was I was thinking about how lizards and lizardy things stick to stuff. Mm. And I was thinking about whether we could make a game that was to do with that in some way <laughs> oh okay so like maybe the, there's like magnetic pieces or you know it basically it made me think of sort of like children's dexterity games um huh. you know things like there's one where the with a load of monkeys where they connect by their tails do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. you make a little chain of the monkeys yeah, yeah. so i i Magnetic pieces. There's there's Snexty Whoop, Snexty Whoop, 
it's like a snail racing game and the the like tin is part of the racetrack and the snails can like go up the side of the tin obviously there are other ways to make pieces sticky um some of them with better longevity than others Mm. uh so um yeah but I was just imagining that was just what came to mind when I thought about it is Uh I just imagined like having a big handful of these lizardy pieces (laughs) Uh, and I sort of vaguely imagined throwing them at something and seeing how many got stuck. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I had, um, I guess, my other two two things that stand out that aren't similar to the things we've talked about so far. Number one, Godzilla is a giant lizard, and I thought about maybe some kind of kaiju game in the vein of King of Tokyo, but, like, doing it in a different, you know, like you know, like in a kind of crow jam way. Um, the other thing I thought about was uh, the concept of lizard brain. You're like mm. kind of um, mm. like deep-seated reactive instincts in moments of stress or whatever. Um, like, yeah, the, yeah, it's meant to be like the sort of um, like primal part of your like thinking, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so those those were the things I thought about. I didn't really get very deep into ga- game stuff at all, except that I sort of thought about, <coughs> um, yeah, like maybe some kind of like kaiju game or some kind of game about, um, I don't know, instincts. Yeah, I'm actually seeing some connections which are sort of uh, added to the diagram in terms of like the connection between psychedelia and your lizard brain, maybe. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the connection between kind of like monarchs and kaiju and Godzilla. Uh, so I think we've, yeah, we've got lots and lots of things to be jumping off from. But I agree with Miriam that not all of them feel super gamey Anna did you have any like did you imagine anything sort of gamey when you when you got started or do you know I did kind of also think about like little lizard pieces and whether there'd be like almost like little meeples that you move around um Mm. as you maybe like crawl through a little desert with like rocks and things um but that's kind of as much as I thought about it I don't know if it's something that could be a bit of a card game with like different kinds of lizards with I don't know different kinds of abilities. Um, yeah another thing I did think about which I didn't like mention up top is just like I was also thinking about the kind of diversity of reptiles and almost like a kind of which is the best you know like <laughs> like a kind of reptilian top trumps <laughs> you know because um, <laughs> yeah. you've got there are all sorts of things in that family I don't know if they're like more more diverse or as diverse as mammals but you've got like your turtles and tortoises you've got your snakes alligators um you know you're like geckos and desert lizards and all kinds of things chameleons yeah Yeah, chameleons are a, a particularly interesting one right um yeah so I was thinking similarly that, you know, there's lots of different reptiles and you could do something as kind of the diversity 
of the sort of reptile family but on the other hand I I quite like the idea or I'm I'm quite inspired by the idea of just the simple lizard Mm -hmm. like they're sort of related there's two different directions we could go I'd say like if we make a reptile game then yeah absolutely snakes and tortoises and all sorts are on the table if we make a lizard game I feel like we're in a much kind of narrower space like there's still lots and lots of things that are lizards but they're they're all they all follow the same kind of basic morphology in terms of location of legs and tails and so on <laughs> they sure do. that's true i was wondering whether kind of we could have something that combines like maybe several kinds of lizards like not too many um mm. but also kind of have the little tokens and maybe have it to like um be like an arranging game i don't know maybe oh like a tessellation put... game yeah kind of like tessellation game we have like several shapes of lizard you know, sort of like Tetris style where, you know, one of them maybe bends to the side, one of them's like a really long kind of lizard, one of them's like a little small kind of chubby lizard. Um, And then maybe they each have like a condition in which they like being like, I don't know, this lizard likes to be surrounded by other lizards or no other lizards or like it'd be next to a rock or something. Kind Um, of a barren park sort of thing, but a bit more, maybe a bit more sort of organic in shape. Have you played barren park? Yes, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, two things. I think, shall I start the timer? Yes. Um, what was the second thing? <laughs> I've started the timer. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of a kind of tess- tessellation game. And I think um, there's a question about kind of like, what would the goal be? We actually have made kind of a tessellation game before. Early in, early in the Crow Jam archives, we made um, Burrito. And that has something of this, like fitting your shapes together to like fill the space. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, so I'm, I'm quite on board with fitting the shapes together, but maybe not having them be like a perfect tessellation fit. So like in Barron Park, everything is kind of grid oriented and it is possible to lay out a perfect grid. And I think I am more interested in, you know, the, the shapes of the lizards as being a bit more organic. So you're always going to have gaps because, you know, they've got legs and tails and they're curvy mm-hmm. and, and wiggly and stuff. So the thing that came to mind to me was thinking about how lizards can go vertical or how some lizards can go vertical, right? Like oh, not yeah. all of them, but geckos can. So like, yeah. could you do a game where you're actually trying to sort of stack up as high as you can by like piling your pieces up? Yeah. But it's, it's vertical against a surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, that that felt like something, maybe. I sort of, when you started drawing and, and I saw where you were going, I kind of imagined, like, the sort of pachinko style, like, you know, like a sort of narrow space and the front is glass or perspex, so you can okay. see. Okay, so you can, like, drop them in. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that would be one interesting kind of game in the sense that just, like, you know, pachinko style, you lose perfect control over what you're doing. But yes. the other thing is what Georgia was describing, where there's no like front barrier. You just are trying to 
stack them and not have them lose cohesion. Hmm. They could maybe be like felty or something so that they had a little bit of grip, mm. uh, but just not a lot. That could be interesting. There's mm. something, yeah, the pachinko thing's quite interesting. There's something quite fun to me about the idea of sort of <coughs> filling up this this space, but I'm not sure exactly what... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the game would be. Like, I, I feel like it's a fun action to kind of drop your, your lizards into this sort of perspex sheet. Mm-hmm. I guess it could still sort of have bits of those, um, like, conditions where maybe for every game you pick, like, a different background and you kind oh, of have to background. try and stack your lizards so that, you know, one of your lizards ends up against a particular kind of background or something like that. I absolutely, like, adding the background is genius. That is a really, that that really clicked something into place for me. I guess because it's sort of like a transparent cards idea, but just... <laughs> uh, I see a running theme on the podcast. No, that <laughs> makes sense, like... So I was initially imagining that everyone would have their own one of these, but actually this is, I think, something that everyone would play with a, a shared, yeah, like vivarium board, and you would add... yeah, maybe you have your different colours of lizards. Yeah, so so each player has yeah maybe like individual goals, and there's a shared goal as well. It's almost kind of like a the the background element is making it feel. I don't. Connect Four is not the example I'm looking for, but like that kind of game where it's turn-based and like uh, you either are like scoring points for a particular like state or you're competing to reach reach a certain like, you know, length of connection or whatever. Yeah, it's somewhere, <clears throat> it is like Connect Four. It is like Tetris. Mm. Um, it's definitely got kind of like shared DNA with both of those, uh, which I think are both like, you know, in their own way, very interesting things. It's the, it's the idea of having a sort of slot, a slot in background that makes each game a bit different. That's really interesting to me. And I kind of want to puzzle out like, what is it that yeah how how are we scoring points are we thinking that players all have like a stack of the same color but differently shaped lizards reptiles i was actually thinking about this is sort of this isn't i was thinking about the fact of having the background and how we were talking about chameleons earlier and we could be talking about a thing where i guess either like the background is made up of different colors and you you score points if your rep if your lizards are in front of the color that your lizards are, mm. um, oh, nice. or just mm. I don't know, or something that kind of plays on that, like chameleon, um, you know, blending in style thing. Yeah. So my thinking was similar in that, like I was thinking maybe this is like a really complex vivarium. And that, like, if you have lots of different types of reptiles, like, does there would have to be some way in which what you could use was limited, you know, like, you wouldn't have access to all your pieces straight away. 
but you know you get better points for putting your amphibious or semi-amphibious reptile you, you get more points for putting your turtle in a pond area mm. um yeah and you know more points for putting your tree snake in a tree area Mm-hmm. I think that would be too complicated, but you could also have like kind of bouncing off what Miriam was saying about the colours is to have backgrounds which have these different aspects, like, you know, have a pond or have like a tree branch or like a rock or something, but then also have maybe like tree leaves of different colours so that if mm. you manage to, you know, get your lizard on a matching, like, you know, in front of a leaf of a matching colour, you can get like a certain bonus. And if you also get it in its preferred habitat area, then you can get like an extra bonus for that. Yeah, mm. that I I really like. I do like that, and I think you could do something. Yeah, that kind of like how you described Anna, sort of hits a midway point between something being entirely abstract, where it's just kind of you know areas of color, and something being a bit too figurative, where it's you know pond, rock, tree. Uh, I think you could do something that kind of splits the difference between those, which would maybe mm. feed into another idea that we touched on earlier in terms of sort of psychedelia. Um, yeah, have very bright colours. Colour. Um, and that has also made me think again about these kind of lizardy pieces that you'd be using. So they could all be different colours, you know, that could be like player colours, but they could be like cut from transparent plastic in the same way that the vivarium is mm-hmm. um so okay. that you can see through them and see where they're scoring points maybe oh yeah um, yeah okay i suppose we'd need to have a way of making it really clear like whose token is whose yeah, so if yeah. You're not having each lizard being colored a specific color then i don't I know mean, having like some kind of mark on it yeah like a yeah a mark in a color like they could just have like a symbol on and it be in the player color or they could have just be like outlined or be wearing belts of a certain color yeah Um, I I quite like the idea of them having markings so mm. I was imagining like colored plastic but just I guess translucent so it'd be like Ah, end up with something that looked a bit more like stained glass but it would depend how that interacted with the background. Because if the background was colourful, that could end up looking quite bad. But if the black background was kind of like monochrome or shades of grey or achieved in some other way, it could end up looking really striking. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm. If we did the, yeah, like a, a grayscale and then had the like coloured, like translucent shapes overlaid over that, that would look really cool. What yeah, or thinking... are we just having... Oh. Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, um, could even make the colors potentially just a bit muted, so that you know, so it's not completely kind of grayscale mm. against color, but just really pale, so that when you actually put the lizard up against it, it kind of gets more bright. If you see what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how that would work with the actual optics. It would. The other thing this has made me think of, which kind of goes in the opposite direction, but could make scoring really fun or interesting would be if the background was like a colour by numbers. So you would have your own colours of sort of stained glass style reptiles. Mm. Um, and then you have the background, which is all, you know, uh, illustrates a scene mm. and the different areas have numbers that score them. 
But then at the end, to, to tot up your score, you just count every number that you can see through one of your own lizards. Okay, I was actually going to suggest something um, like that is, is definitely mutually exclusive to that, but in a similar vein, like talks about scoring. We were talking about <coughs> our, our reptiles having these symbols on. So what if scoring just depends on where your symbol falls rather than like the whole body of your reptile? I was thinking that that potentially would like help with making the kind of like pachinko element a bit stronger like you don't have that much control like you can drop your little thing in but you don't have fine control over like where the symbol is going to be if that makes sense Mm. um whereas I guess if you're if you're like playing with the sort of whole body of your reptile then you have a bit of a stronger sense of like what's going to happen when you drop it but I like both ideas yeah I like both ideas as well so I think uh Anna do you have any thoughts gosh I I like both of them as well Um, (laughs) I guess that's a bit of a problem Um, so I've done a little illustration here which is much too simplified because I think for the the paint by numbers idea you would have lots and lots of numbers quite close together it would be Mm. possible to drop one of your tokens in such a way that it got multiple Mm. uh, numbers in one go but it would also be possible you know through sort of an unlucky drop to um sort of miss one do you know what i mean so like your tail curls around in such a way that it that none of your plastic is going over the number but also no one else can get it yeah yeah, I guess the only thing I'm worried about is that, like, it might be a bit difficult to score once you actually finished. And, you know, if they're all really fine and a bit mm. difficult to see because of the kind of layers of the plastic on it. So maybe we could find something that's a bit, you know, sort of straddles the yeah. you know, the two a bit and maybe having something like, I don't know, if, if your lizard is touching areas of a particular colour, then that gets a certain number of points. I know if your lizard straddles like two different colors, like that's extra points. Or if it straddles three different colors, you know, if it's tails in one bit, bodies in mm. one bit, and then heads in another bit, that's extra points. And then maybe if, if we can have the, I don't know, if there's like a symbol, like other symbols we could have on the actual background. And if your lizard is touching one of these symbols that are kind of, you know, kind of sparsely dispersed, maybe you can get an extra point for that. So if that- you can see that symbol through your lizard, that would mm. be really cool so i don't know how that would interact with like the symbol already on your little lizard piece but you know if it's like distinct enough maybe that's an idea yeah, yeah. the thing I... that i like about that is that it adds a lot more complexity to the game beyond just like you know drop your lizard in and try and you know like it, it gives you choices about where you put things Mm-hmm. I want to throw in a suggestion which would only work with the paint by numbers style approach, which would be to think about how color works with transparent or semi transparent sort of lenses. So let's imagine that you're a player who's playing with the red transparent lizards. Oh, you're thinking about. You could print numbers mm-hmm. in different colors. Mm hmm. 
so that they the thing you'd have to work really hard to balance it because obviously you know you couldn't have yellow or anything because yellow wouldn't show through that well but yeah maybe there are some areas where if if you dropped your red lizard onto a red number you wouldn't score anything because you wouldn't be able to see it at the end but if you dropped a green lizard onto the same number you would score points so that that could be how you did the sort of um the idea of the affinity between lizards and habitats oh okay that's That's cool a nice idea i think the only thing we'd have to worry about is kind of an accessibility aspect of like colorblindness yeah but if we can make it work with that that'd be really cool i think yeah obviously like anything Hmm. that's dependent on color does come with that risk so it's worth worth thinking about how that works I also just think that what Anna (coughs) described you know scoring points like having areas have a score associated with them scoring points if you straddle two different types of area and then maybe getting bonus points for matching your icon to an icon that's in that area can I sorry go ahead no, I just want to throw us back to a previous idea and check whether we're still in or, or out on it. Um, the idea that there would be different kinds of, um, uh, you know, of different different kinds of reptiles, and either they would have different like habitat affinities, or they would, um, I don't know. I guess if we were going to have like, you know, like snakes and uh geckos and turtles and stuff like in the version that we're imagining now it would only really be about the shapes that they are and not really about like what they they wouldn't what the shape they are wouldn't affect how they score yeah yeah yes i have totally been thinking a similar thing in that uh if we want to have lots of different reptile shapes then every player has to have the same ones right so Mm -hmm. then does it just sort of become arbitrary like it doesn't really matter or you know it it only matters sort Mm -hmm. of in the abstract of the game like well there would be the strategy of like well my turtle is like a more compact shape and you know I can yeah I feel like you could think about how it's going to affect the like state of play when it falls but it wouldn't be strategically important beyond that thinking about the game as we've described it and not not thinking about anything to do with like gameplay or fun or anything simply thinking about how it would look it appeals to me as a designer to think about there being dozens of the exact same shape but all in different colors kind of stacked up inside like that's that to me seems like it would look nice but that's only you know that's not that important it's just okay. a, a thought like no I I definitely get that as well and the idea like I think it's it's almost kind of like established as like an enjoyable thing to look at design wise the kind of like sort of gecko style silhouette or lots of them mm-hmm. all kind of conjoined yeah like you kind of get the satisfying kind of symmetry, but not quite symmetry of yeah. the same shape repeated again and again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, so. I think that'd work. And I, I agree with Miriam. I think the only way in which like the different kinds of reptiles would really be working here is just shapes so that, you know, you could fill up certain spaces with certain kinds of, you know, reptiles or try and get like a long reptile so you can straddle multiple areas. But I'm I'm happy to drop that. I think it's it's getting a little bit more into the uh, more abstract psychedelic element, I suppose. <laughs> Thinking about the like magic, um, like color transparency thing that Georgia suggested and like how we could like, um, you know, correct for color blindness or something like that. I was sort of imagining that we could potentially it would slightly affect the like visual satisfaction, but each number could just be surrounded by a little circle in black or whatever. And I don't know whether you would need the circles to be slightly distinct from each other based on color or whether just having the circle there would help. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out as I imagine it, but like, yeah, if, if we wanted to do like color blindness, um, symbols or whatever like it could just be like yeah a red number has like a, cir a circle that has like a couple of little like thorn triangles around the edge and a blue number has I don't know like a slightly wavy circle or something yeah I mean yeah. it could be super super simple right like it could just be shapes around the numbers or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just in, in fact if we've got like sort of in insertable backgrounds we could have like four backgrounds that are that are pure like you don't have any color uh visual um perception issues and you can just use that that sheet straight and we could have ones that are better for a group where there's one or more colorblind people that's actually a really good yeah. point like those inserts are not just you know they they wouldn't just aid replayability you could they could be um like accessibility aids like you've described but also it does mean that actually we don't have to choose one of the scoring systems we've talked about you oh, know yeah. I've, I've been That's going true. through my head like games. we've oh do we do i prefer the color by numbers one or the one where it's more about you know trying to like get different types of coverage or one where it's about matching your symbol to a symbol on the area you could just do all of them and <laughs> you could switch between them as long as every sort of um like every little token that you had every reptile token you had had a color and a symbol to kind of make sure that everyone knows what that color is and then maybe a separate symbol for symbol matching on the on the thing and that symbol could be rendered by making a hole in it for example okay so that you know that that might that would make it easier than um like, you know, it would prevent the risk of confusing it with, uh, like, an accessibility symbol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually love that idea of having slightly different games with the backgrounds. That, that, that is the game I want to play. That's exactly what I would want. I think yeah. it also kind of creates opportunities, not just for accessibility for people who might have, yeah, like, um, you know, people who might find distinguishing different colors more difficult um you could do you know a difficulty level aspect with it right like mm -hmm. larger areas and mm. easier scoring if you're playing with younger children you could 
tailor it games to work for like different group sizes how how do this means actually like the even the like style of game you could have something different like you could have a game where it's all about like nothing is happening for like the bottom three quarters of the sheet and then you score points if you're like the first person to touch a target or something like yeah um yeah it almost becomes like a series of mini games (laughs) (laughs) yeah um which i'm not against like i think games like that can be cool and often a lot of dexterity games are that kind of style of thing like the game provides the pieces and it provides like six different rule sets and tells you like do one of these (laughs) It makes the game very, um, uh, like, not that this matters for a game that isn't real, but very expansion friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, an expansion could really just be a, like, a set of inserts and maybe another extra couple of sets of coloured lizards so that you can play with more people or you can play a version of the game where everyone has two different colours instead of just one or something like that. The other thing this makes me think is that this would be the first game I think we've made that's sort of inherently moddable. Mm-hmm. Like it could encourage a community of players to come up with their own ways of playing the game. Yeah. Or even yeah, their really own pieces. That. Like, you know, like open source 3D print um, <laughs> your own your own lizard pieces. I actually did have the thought and I I hope this wouldn't like be very upsetting to the design aesthetic side of this but I was sort of thinking like you could potentially do something this is very minor where like each player has one lizard that's slightly different and like that lizard scores double or something like its tail like curves to the opposite direction or something um maybe it's not even like uh distinguished by anything other than that small difference but um I'm I'm quite on board with that um obviously Mm -hmm. like tails curving to the left or right probably isn't it because these are reversible right like you could you could use them either way around and I think that would be something you would want to do Mm. to try and do like good scoring but you could definitely do something like whether it's got like a cool crest or frill or you know one of the other things that can make a lizard really cool (laughs) little horns (laughs) a horned lizard oh so good um yeah I love the way this is drawn on loads of things that relate to lizards whether it's sort of chameleons blending into the background that kind of psychedelic angle uh the idea of them kind of sticking to glass Mm. how are we doing for time i feel like we've really kind of clicked with what the game is really early <laughs> oh yeah we've got 35 minutes left oh wow <laughs> amazing um clearly the concept was just meant to be yeah i i mean it is another it's another video crow jam which means that we have as always come up with the most proprietary board game <laughs> technology yet uh, <laughs> so on this occasion it's a vertical board that's made of plexiglass where you add inserts to create the playing field i mean it's not 
you know, there are games like that that exist. I don't even know what any of them are called, but I think there might be one called Downfall and like other. Yeah, there are games that have that like style of like vertical board with um, with clear sides. So, you know, it's not outside the realms of manufacturability. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to hear that. Um, is there anything else that we need to do to sort of make this feel like gameplay? Or do we just spend a bit of extra time thinking about... Uh, Maybe we like... can flesh out each of our game... Well, not each of our game modes, because I think you could probably do infinite ones, but like... Um, Maybe we can just bullet point what the different versions are. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. so like brainstorm some game mode ideas. So there's the kind of colour by numbers, um, numbers printed in different colours where the transparent lizards like cover some numbers up. Mm. I really like that one. I think that's so neat because mm -hmm. like, yeah, if you're playing with four different colours, you... The numbers that you're ignoring, like, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then we have um, Anna's idea of it being sort of about like, well, maybe there would be like some, some base scoring on like the one particular type of color or, or shape that you're crossing, but a lot of the additional scoring comes from crossing over multiple boundaries. Yeah, so you get more I'm, points for covering more areas. I'm gesturing with my hands in a way that's both not really related and nobody can see. Uh, and then <laughs> Imagine me doing kind of like tiny karate chops with both hands. <laughs> and that idea also included bonus points for any kind of symbol matching. Mm. Now, Miriam, you described an idea that was kind of a like reach the goal first. Yeah, so race to the top. Yeah, there would be which I really like for the um, because I've been imagining in my mind I'm calling the board the vivarium. So that mm. this one's like an escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I was imagining there might be like three targets in specific places, like quite near the top of the vivarium, mm. and then yeah, it's. It's sort of got that like connect for box game thing of like, well, you you are trying to win and you're trying to climb up the box, but by doing so, you're helping everybody else. Yeah. Um, uh, so I had, I mean, this sort of relates to symbol matching, but I like the idea of one that has something to do with kind of um, like different biomes where lizards might live. So it would be yeah I guess it would be symbol matching again so you only score points for lizards where the symbol on the lizard matches the symbol that they're touching mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I wonder I'm... if that could be involved in the same one or have like a different mode which is like a more difficult one where it's like you've got danger zones that if your lizard gets into that one that's it for you or like you oh know, yeah a big penalty yeah, penalty zones, that's what would make that more interesting, like, as a, as a kind of gameplay. And I, so it's good to put one of your lizards in a tree, but that same lizard is 
bad if you put it in a pond don't do that (laughs) (laughs) and I was thinking with the with my suggestion of um like scoring relating to where the symbol on your lizard falls Mm. um the background for that game could have like significantly tighter zones right and they could each zone could potentially like either either you're scoring based on like color or symbol matching or each zone has its own number kind of like darts not darts style I'm sure there's a better example of what I'm talking about but like they're relatively small areas and you you could be aiming for one that's 50 but like the symbol on your lizard kind of like gets tilted slightly and you're in a one that scores like four yeah I like that one of the things Mm -hmm. I really like about the the symbol idea so on one of the previous uh boards I drew like an example token with the idea that it had an accessibility icon which represented the color so that you could always tell what color it is maybe that is as simple as an initial of the color or something like that but you Mm -hmm. know even if you are something like red green colorblind you wouldn't have problems there and then I sort of indicated that a lizard might have a suit cut out of it so uh, mm-hmm. I drew one with a diamond, but you could have, you know, a star, a circle, um, something that that represents the type of the lizard, and that would make it possible for players who had lizards all in the same color. They could still have lizards of different suits, and we could use that for matching. The idea, yeah, of I guess being... you could do something that's a bit reversed, where instead of you know each player having a particular suit, you could have each player takes a particular color on a background and then it's about kind of trying to get lizards of different suits in your color um for example so kind of just reversing that aspect if you see what I mean yeah yeah totally and one of the things I was thinking could be fun about having the suit as like a negative space in the token uh would be that there would be this like extreme dexterity challenge of maybe trying to get something inside that hole (laughs) so like something on the printed background actually appearing through that hole would be like one of the hardest things to achieve Mm -hmm. just because of how it works and I thought that could be like a way to get a really good big score so I feel like I'm still not entirely clear on this I have been imagining that the pieces the the individual lizards are transparent and colourful and the backgrounds are generally grayscale. Anna, have you been imagining that the pieces are sort of transparent and and just, you know, like neutral, no, no colour, and Do the backgrounds know, are colourful? I've been imagining it sort of both ways. I think it could work both ways. I don't know if there's space to kind of combine that in the game because yeah. I really liked your idea of kind of having red on red that that doesn't mm. score. Um, so obviously that would mean both would need to be colored. Um, so I don't know if there's if there is room to just kind of have some transparent lizards for different games as well, yeah. like for different backgrounds. It's I an imaginary that's... game. We don't need to yeah. care about costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, also it could be an expansion pack. Like, yeah, it could be an expansion pack or it could be, you know, that clear lizards work a certain way. Um, like in some games like so you might have a red player a blue player a green player but then maybe everyone can access the clear lizards for some reason or something like that you Mm -hmm. know there's one of the things I like about this 
and I think if it if we were designing another game or doing something else, I might be sort of saying like we really have to to tighten this up. You know, I feel like we're not a hundred percent clear on what this game is, but I feel like I am clear on what this game is, and it, what it is is really really flexible, which makes it I think quite. I like lo- I love the idea of this game, and I would play it, but it feels quite kid friendly, like the the fact that it has like all these different kind of options um i can see it being played by like kids and they might just have one mode that they like or it might it has that like nice replayability for a family game yeah i really like that aspect of diversity as well and i think also what you were saying before about this game capturing so many aspects of lizards you know obviously reptiles are sort of ectotherms and they adapt to their environments and they're really affected by external conditions and I really like that you know it's about like what colors might shine through them and um yeah just kind of changing different environments and adapting to them I think it's really fun I think it's as you say potentially a family game but also has that creativity where you kind of come up with backgrounds yourself and that can be like a fun little challenge to play with your friends um yeah yeah, I can actually see it both. I mean, this is true of quite a lot of good games where it works very well as a family game, but it also would be a good party game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a really fiendish one to play with like super competitive people. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Rhino Hero. Especially Ooh, what's that one? Rhino Hero Super Battle, I think it's called, is an example of one of these games. it's a dexterity game where you're kind of like building up floors of a house and the floors are cards but also the walls are cards (laughs) and you have to place the walls in a certain place when you take your turn and then sometimes you have to like hang a monkey or something from the structure um it's what it's one that apparently plays really well with like yeah like large groups of adults drinking um ghost adventure is another one which is like a spinning top adventure game (laughs) um i like that but also i see um you wrote down xxl version and i have been wondering about what the size of this board yeah i was gonna say this as well because we're either looking at very small lizards or really quite a big tank i think yeah so i have also been trying to think about the size of this and i'll tell you where i where I am imagining it and then you can tell me how that compares to what you're thinking I'm seeing it as bigger than an A4 piece of paper but smaller than an A3 piece of paper but oriented you know kind of like like that so that kind of ratio Mm -hmm. Uh, so rectangular and taller than Mm -hmm. it is wide I think Um, yeah yeah, I think that works well with the kind of stacking element of it. You you do want some height on it. Mm. Um, I, I do wonder whether, I don't know if this could be like in the base game or again in sort of expansions and things, but whether you could uh, have like a big tank for games where you play with multiple people and then maybe you could have like smaller tanks where each person has their own little tank and then maybe there's a different kind of game that you can play sort of individually with your own lizards and kind of stacking them in certain ways rather than... I think that could be really cool. 
it's almost I wonder if they're almost like two separate products in the same way that like the thing that immediately comes to mind is like sushi go and then there's like a sort of big party size sushi go Mm -hmm. yeah so so that they're sort of like maybe you try the 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 sort of basic one and then you really like it and you want to play it with your more intense board gaming friends so you get the version where you've got sort of individual player boards as well or you want to play it like with your sort of party game friends so you get this sort of xxl (laughs) version i was imagining the lizard pieces being a bit bigger than a domino okay yeah 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 i'm looking at this my screen obviously my laptop is not the same size as other people's laptops but the actual like width of the functional picture in the in the zoom call that we're using is kind of the size that i think i'm imagining for this um yeah i was thinking about domino size because you want something that's sort of satisfying to hold mm, and isn't too fiddly yeah definitely not too fiddly i think that would be kind of a disaster for the the playability like they would be too tiny and it would make the actual interaction with the background too fiddly definitely just domino size is good i think you want them also to be like a good thickness so yes. that yeah. you, know, you can keep playing and they won't break and that you know if you're playing with kids they can handle them safely yeah yeah definitely there's something about like that sort of that real tactile thing of the pieces which which really jumped out to me when i first imagined them but also how satisfying it would be to see lots of them in all different colors close together mm. sort of how nice it would be to open up a, a cardboard board game box and have it be absolutely filled with (laughs) with all these lizards (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's something about that that really speaks to me so we wouldn't be doing a nice helpful plastic insert that has correctly shaped spaces for the lizards we would just have a big gap in the in the insert and it's full of hells yeah lizard (laughs) chaos so i think i think it would come with a lot of ziploc bags for people who wanted to sort their own lizards Mm, good but yeah. I feel like my copy would probably just have lizards everywhere and, and part of the game setup would be like giving everyone a handful and asking them to sort by colour. <laughs> nice. Do we have... So I know I know what I think the pieces look like and I have sort of an idea of how the board, the, the sort of vertical tank piece is and what the inserts look like. I haven't got a sense of what I think the box looks like or what I think the game is called or sort of like the sort of look and feel. I haven't I haven't got a strong sense of that. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Hmm. I do quite like the Vivarium theme and hmm. uh, I think Vivarium is probably like a decent name. Um, and I do, I do like the multicolored element. I think it should definitely lean into that. Yeah, definitely colourful. I am thinking I there's definitely a style of game and name that this often kind of is. And like a kid-friendly dexterity game will have a name that's like Go Cuckoo, or like it had or it will be like an alliterative thing. I can't even think of, of good examples as I'm saying this. Um, 
But this Why would... can't I remember any of the names on the shelf that I'm picturing in my mind? I, don't... I, know, I know the kind of thing you mean. So this would be called, like, if you were naming it a sort of stereotypical one, it would be called something like... Reptile. Uh, like gecko crazy. Like, so, <laughs> or yeah. just like go, go gecko or something like that. I kind of feel like I want to split the difference. I want to walk the line between vivarium and that. I would love yeah. it if it's something that feels psychedelic and yet still kind of hits that mark of the of the sort of stereo- stereotypical name. I know that's a very, very thin needle to thread. So the thing that I immediately think does that is lizard brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Okay. So the the idea being that because there's all these different challenges, that it's kind of you know it's like oh, okay, it's kind a of bit like, like a brain teaser, yeah, kind of right. That's that's the reference, but I feel like it's not as good as a more fun one or as good as Vivarium. <laughs> yeah, because mm. I think it also isn't really clear what the kind of yeah. brain aspect of it is. I wonder if like you know all the different colors and kind of the almost glassiness of it is making me think of like a kaleidoscope. Oh, okay. Sort of that has a bit of a you know kind of psychedelic <laughs> kaleidoscope kaleido lizard <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh maybe like collision like Ooh, collision no okay. okay I think I think it might be a little bit yeah too... it's it's a bit of a stretch there's too many connections to go through yeah. mm. um lizardelic geckodelic but it, that's the <laughs> hmm lizardelia I quite like Lizardelia, okay. yeah, like psychedelia. Um, but it's a bit. I don't. Know, is psychedelia better? Hmm. But then I think I lizardelia like it, is a bit more memorable. Yeah, I I think I agree. Um, are there hmm. so? Are there particular types? of lizards where we could do something fun with a specific one so obviously we've already said geckos the other one I, do, I like go go gecko in the sense that like it's it's go go but it's also like go go like the sort of style or you know um thing of me <laughs> yeah I feel like that implies mm-hmm. a game that's a bit more fast and furious than anything yeah. we've described yeah yeah but I still quite like it the other lizard name I can think of is a skink Oh, you know what it would be? Um, the well, okay. This is one example of that kind of like kid friendly name. It would be like reptile pile up, where the like um, rep, rep, the the synergy is between like reptile and pile. Yeah, mm. reptile. I... <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that you keep a lizard in is usually called a vivarium or a tank. If you saw it at the zoo, it would be the lizard house or the reptile house mm. mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of other like lizard names that could get puns for i can only think of like komodo dragons mm. chameleons but they're not really chameleons I, I like the fact that they're kind of just generic lizard or a gecko the pieces yeah. you know i like the way that gecko and komodo sound together 
but that I feel like using those two together would imply that there's like different sizes or something like that. Gecko Delia. Gecko Modo <laughs> is like incorporating the fact that we have different modes. Oh, nice. oh that you know what? I love Gecko Modo. Gecko Modo. I think that might be my favorite one so far because I just think it's interesting. Uh, like, is there anything we could have with like colors? I don't yeah. know. Not like shades or pigments. Um, I am Googling list of lizards and seeing what I can get. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, not- they've all got quite boring names until suddenly you get to the thorny devil. who got, <laughs> got a great name. What um, about a, um, what are they called? It's, um, a, is it a Gila monster? Yes, a Gila monster, pretty cool. Mm. Um, I like me a nice Chuatara, but that's actually not a lizard. Technically. Oh, yeah, what is it? it's a it's a type of its own. It's like a like a rhino something maybe. Um, yeah, it's its own order. It's the only surviving member of it. I'm just gonna throw out a pun, which is definitely not the name. Ig you wanna like Ig hyphen you hyphen wanna. <laughs> it's yeah I agree that's not it but I don't it's not bad (laughs) I feel like I'm at a crossroads where it's about there's there's sort of two shapes of the game that I like and they relate they each relate to one possible name one is this much more family friendly thing that kind of thinks about like accessibility that kind of aimed at younger players and that is what Gecko Modo feels like to me. Like that's just kind of very like fun focused. Um, and then Vivarium is the side of it that I think is a bit more like thoughtful, strategic. Mm. That really relates to ones where you're not just kind of, um, you know, plinkoing your piece down inside the board, but you're really thinking about where you're putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I like both versions, but for something that feels more Big Crow and unique, I guess I would lean the Vivarium direction. I think I lean Vivarium as well. Yeah, I, I do actually quite like Lizardelia as well. Um, and I agree, Gekomodo is maybe a little bit more in the family side. Yeah, but... it's a little bit younger than what I was thinking. But on the other hand, so Miriam, when Miriam suggested Gekomodo, she said it's because it has mode in there. Now, mm-hmm. going back to Vivarium, it does have very in there. Oh, oh, oh. yes. Nice. So, nice. So you could sort of do something. I'm just going to sort of restyle the, the writing just using the two colors that we've been working so that you just have the V-A-R-I in the middle. Yeah. In and a the different two- color. Yeah. I really like that. That's really good. And in fact, how you could do that is have it so that it was as if the writing oh. was there and then one of the transparent pieces was like yeah. over it to, to emphasize it. Oh, oh God. That's so, good. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's the brand it. that I really like for it. Uh, so that's probably what I'll do when I make the thumbnail for the YouTube video. Do we oh, wanna, that's really funky. Do we want to do a quick recap? Because I kind of feel like we've nailed it. Yeah, 10 minutes to go. We're on it. Um, nice. Yeah. 
Uh, would you like me to do it or Anna, would yeah. you like to do the honours? I think I'll give you the honours. Okay, okay. So we've made uh, Vivarium, which is a kind of uh, a set of different uh, thoughtful puzzle dexterity games, competitive games where you have <coughs> a set of lizard shaped pieces and the way which you place them in this like vertical uh, perspex fronted playing board, uh, which we're calling the vivarium, um, is uh, affects how you score. And there are different modes which can be inserted as, um, as board inserts, um, including um, games where you're looking at uh, like a transparent uh, colors that will affect the, the numbers that you score inside your lizard shapes, games where you're trying to stack your lizards up in order to be the first person to reach a target, um, games where the placement of your lizards and symbol matching or like crossing over multiple zones or not falling into penalty zones can affect your scoring. And it's a very sort of um, flexible, like rejiggable um, game with lots of modes and options. Uh, and is there anything I'm not saying? I don't think so. Uh, I think that one of the things that we all felt was that this is a very tactile yeah. game. Yeah. I can really sort of, this is a game that I can hear. Like this doesn't always happen. Like clinking but, but around. I'm imagining it. Yeah, I can really hear the sort of the, the soft sound of the, the different pieces going together. And I can imagine how nice it would be to just kind of like run your hand gently over like a heap of them and how they would slide over each other and stuff. So it's a very, it's one that I think is very sensory. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do, I'm just really excited by the idea of having like a set of pieces and with these game inserts that mean that the game is really variable. I'm also really excited by the idea, I almost think the box might include a pack-in of a few blank but correctly sized boards. Yeah, hmm. definitely. Maybe even, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit of an enemy of the dry white marker in board gaming because I think the dry white marker always gets messed up. But like, <laughs> you know, you could pack in a dry wipe and encourage people to think about that. Mm-hmm. The thing I was just thinking about, the variable rules and the vertical board, is that you could make it so that the scoring rules were on the back of the board so that it was very easy for everyone to check them. Oh, excellent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you'd never be sort of like wondering how this game scores because you could check it quite easily. And that did also make me think, yeah, about like... Could Alternatively, or, or like in a similar vein, it could be horrified style every board has all the sets of rules on the back as long as they're relatively simple yeah like the same way that with horrified the back of the things has how you set up for each monster so you can like have the ones that you're using on the table while looking at the rules for them yeah mm. that's a that's a good suggestion it also made me wonder about whether there is a version that could be played using the sort of so no insert so that everyone can see it from both sides and that might be like a fun thing to come up with but it could also be that if you set it up like that you would just have a nice thing to look at it's a game that would sort of be decorative or aesthetic 
I feel like that yeah. would be the simplest, like that would be the kind of um, connect for style thing. Because even with two players taking it in turns, it would be relatively difficult if the other player was trying to stop you to get one of your lizards to touch another one of your lizards. Mm. Like yeah. specifically touch. And you could just score a point every time your lizard touches another one of your lizards. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that and then I forgot about that idea. I think it would be quite nice if you kind of tried to do these little lizard chains and then, you know, you could score based on, as you say, how many of your own lizards um, yours touches and then you can try and ruin the other person's game. (laughs) Or an opposite version where you score points for every lizard that isn't touching another lizard of the same colour. Yes. Uh, Which I think would also be interesting in its own way as a two-player game. Yeah, so I feel like the thing that really excites me about this game basically is that I feel like it's got absolutely kind of bottomless potential and I think it's really really cool um and I just I love how quickly it came together as well I think sometimes that's the sign of like when an idea is really good is that sort of 15 minutes in we really know what the game is and from there on we're just kind of polishing it and making it great Mm -hmm. so I I, I think all we really have to do is say a really big thank you to our guest. Thanks so much, Anna. Well, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. Fantastic it's, game. It's a lot of fun playing with the more figurative prompts. We do like to do the quite open-ended ones. But when you've got a, a prompt that is like an object or a specific thing, you can still do associations. But we ended up really zeroing in on what that thing was and we really played with that like things specifically um which I really like rather than kind of like sort of heading down a a direction um yeah yeah I uh I just like with our pumpkin game we kind of went all in on what it it is to be a pumpkin (laughs) that was a great episode I really enjoyed listening to that one we yeah we asked big questions about what it means to be a pumpkin um and also I feel like even though we uh, we ended up doing something quite literal in that it's full of lizards. We we still did loads of things that relate to the more abstract lizard ideas that we had. So yeah. it's a, a really big success. Yeah, I'm amazed how many ideas we managed to fit together into that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, sometimes the stars just align and the game comes together really quickly. So uh, Anna, do you have anything that you want our listeners to know about? Uh, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, maybe consider donating to a reptile charity this Christmas is all I could say. Reptiles uh-huh. are great. Um, yeah, yes. I, think, I think that's all from me. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being our guest this time. Uh, and listener, until next week. Thank you.